0: Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. I am tired of the intro. I'm tired and so of the it begins. intro. Oh, the, oh, the, no, it's already begun. it's already <laughs> begun. I'm not gonna edit anything. I'm just glad everybody's here. And it is Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Hot Springs Inside dot com is the website. I already said that in the voiceover, so no, I was thinking, yeah. okay, we need to switch it up, but anyway, <laughs> I didn't. So we've got we've got we've got a young person with us.
1: Young person. Be, yeah, and I can't village? be
0: happier. <laughs> Plus he's got a drum set behind him, and no, we're not gonna ask him to play it, but glad that he's here. Dennis leave, R. Simpson, is, you you can take it from here. Well, I'm botching set, it
1: already.
2: A drum set behind you infers cool. Now you may not be cool, but it infers or implies cool. That's my theory,
1: right? It's true. And I also have a keyboard behind me with learning keyboard for adults that I've literally <laughs> never opened and I've never used it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it is our pleasure and our delight. Hot Springs
2: Village Inside Out. I'm Dennis Simpson. That's Randy Cantrell. And uh, we are with Mr. Chris Jones today. You thought I was going to mess that up, too, didn't you, Randy? You thought I was. You nearly did. I nearly did. Anyway, Chris Jones has the same big head. I think that's the exact word you used. And the same beard-like characteristics of his father, who is... Greg Jones. Greg Jones, famous entrepreneur and 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 fan, basically, you know what people don't understand? Greg's a fun guy. He's funny. He really is. He's a lot of fun. And we him. are
0: unabashed fans, by the way.
2: <laughs> we <laughs> are. If you can make us laugh, we're there. No, we're, we're fans. There.
0: Well, if you can provide great food and make us laugh, I mean, it's a win-win.
2: That's there true. And, and great business acumen. So, Chris, how on earth do you get to this place let me let me back up here and tell a story. How
0: do you get from Plano, Texas, to Hot Springs Village? <laughs> well, I got
2: to I got to interject a story first. So I'm doing I'm DJing the uh, the uh, Fourth of July show for your dad at the beach, and it was a blowout great time. What was it? Bad Habit was the band playing. It was a great setup. Tons of great food, hot dogs, burgers, tacos. You name it. You were at the ice cream booth. If I'm yeah, I was
1: running ice cream. Yeah,
2: and uh, I remember. That During that time, Greg came up to me and he said, a lady just came up to him and said, there was a a lady on the beach with a real tiny bikini, smoking cigarettes, and she had tattoos. And she obviously couldn't be from the village because nobody in the village had tattoos, smoked cigarettes, and wore tiny bikinis. And your dad said, no, no, she's really from here. She's really from here. So the stereotype is, is that we're all 60 plus Karen's screaming at people in the yard to get your kids out of the lawn, but we don't have that many kids, but we're not all that way. Matter of fact, some of us are younger. Chris, if I'm not mistaken, I believe to my knowledge in the last 20 something years that I've been here, I believe you are the youngest member of the board in hot Springs village that
1: I know of. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. I think the, the next above me was like 42, something like that. And you're held. I am 33. And you're about to be married to your lovely bride, I believe. Your I bride am. A little bit less than a
2: month away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see drums in the background. I see keyboards. There's a mixed story from Plano, Texas to Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. How do you get there? What do you do?
1: Uh, well, you have family that moved here. <laughs> uh, that, that was part of it, right? Um, so, you know, they purchased a lot um, about 2006. I was in high school. Um, So I would come up here with them and we would come just for Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, typical holiday fashion. Um, And I've always loved coming here because it's very serene, very peaceful, you know, driving down DeSoto. Sometimes you get stuck behind a train of cars, but for the most part, there's no traffic um and you look out and you see all this greenery these trails you see wildlife you know I I see the deer at night which sometimes is not a good thing but uh you know it's nice um and so once I had the opportunity to work from home full-time I thought hey you know my parents are already there instead of having to travel to visit them all the time I love the scenery I can work from my basement why don't we find a house out there and and move out um and that's exactly what we did now we got a job. When? Yeah. Yeah. That was last October. So about a year.
2: So you've been here, hang on, less than a year and you're on the board? <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess fortuitous time. Well, I don't know if i call it fortuitous timing. <laughs> but, uh, the timing as I came in here was basically setting up for the, the board candidacy. And I was talking to some other folks I know around here and talking to my parents. And we were sitting around one day and I said, you know, I, I think, I read through these Facebook threads and it sounds like the the younger population that's here gets really disenfranchised. They don't have anybody that speaks for them and everything is really posited for the elderly or the senior folks. Um, and everyone said, that's a good point. Why don't you run for the board? <laughs> and I thought, oh, why don't I? You know. Um, and so I, I did and I ended up being the top, vote, top voted candidate, which was pretty interesting itself. So I think that speaks to the, the mentality that, that people have around here, that, you know, a, a younger person can bring some perspective and can bring new thoughts and new ideas and really try to push uh, the board and the POA in, in, you know, directions they've never been pushed before.
2: Well, and I tell you what, and I want to say this up front, I am so excited about it. this has been a conversation I've looked forward. To. I know, Randy, we, we record a lot of shows. This is, several, really, this is one of my top five I've looked forward to, sincerely. so many things. I know you have a corporate background. I know you still work for a corporation and I understand you you, coming from that background. You have to walk into the PLA with an active job as none of the other board members have Mm -hmm. and walking in and going, why are we doing that that way? Why, you know, the corporate world wouldn't do that that way. Why are we doing that? That doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just, that's the question, right? It begs a good question. So, let me, let me back up just even a little further. What kind of business do you do? How can you work from home? Tell me your demographic and your profile. I mean, look, you, Greg and your mom didn't call and say, oh, we got to have you here now. This is your own decision, of course, yeah. right? I mean, you came here because you wanted
1: to. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so my background is all in software. Uh, so I work for a global payroll HR software company named Ceridian. Uh, and I run their data and analytics product set. Uh, so I'm very data and analytics oriented, which is why I always talk about metrics and, and different results and things like that uh, with the board. Um, but in working in software these days, you don't need to be at an office desk, you know, you don't need to have your butt in the chair as it were. Um, you know, I, I can work at my own pace, which really allows me to be on the board. If there's a meeting that we have to have, you know, three o'clock, an information session, or if we need to, you know, do a forum or something like that, I can make myself available as long as they, you know, give me some time. Um, there have been cases where they just spring things on me and I'm like, I, I just, I can't because you didn't warn me. Um, but for the most part, you know, my, my schedule is is flexible, um, but, you know, all in all, uh, I, I do think that I can bring that that expertise that I currently have to the board. And it it is different, you know, running a POA versus working in a corporate job. There are differences. But for the most part, it, it all is leading to the same way. You have a budget. You have some goals. You have a strategy. You need to align those together. And you need to track how you're doing. Um, so I, I bring all of that to the table whenever I'm, you know, talking about the budgets or talking about things
2: we're working on and randy i i know you're dying for questions so i'm just being i was being quiet for a moment because i know you got some i know
0: well i I, t- I told i told chris before we hit the record button you know i'm the guy that watches i watch the poa board meetings and whatnot and as a guy that coaches leaders uh, particularly ceos and top level including city managers you know the thing that i appreciate is the curiosity And I'm 64 and I'm probably more curious than I was, Chris, when I was your age. And I was really curious then because you get to be my age and you realize how much you don't know, (laughs) you know, when I was, when I was younger and you, you kind of thought you knew, but you weren't really sure. Well, now I'm pretty sure now I'm really sure that I don't know, you know, which makes me ask even more, even more questions, you know, so, and, and I don't care about the, I don't care about the politics. But a group dynamic, whether whether it's your collaboration on the day job or the collaboration with the board and our ability to ask those questions, our ability to have enough humility to fuel the curiosity, because in my world, that's that's the enemy. The enemy is pride and arrogance. The enemy is I already think I know the answer. Okay, Mm -hmm. but what if you don't know the answer? I don't know. I'm curious your point of view. I'm curious your life perspective. Work. POA doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I really, uh, I embrace that curiosity as well. There's actually a a show on Apple called Ted Lasso about a a football coach that ends up coaching soccer in, in England. Um, and he has a whole speech about being curious. Um, and that, that really resonates with me. Um, you know, I, I really like to, ask the questions and try to find out the why that's that's a big thing in both my my personal life and in my professional life i really want to understand why are we doing it that way what are we trying to find as the outcome here and why are we trying to find that as the outcome that's really inherent to my to my lifeblood i guess and um you know that that drives me when you move to the village what what
0: what's been the biggest what's been the biggest surprise because you already had some history and you already had some, you already had some, some perceptions, any, any one thing stand out is okay. Well, I didn't quite see that coming as being a um, resident there now.
1: <laughs> I, I will say, uh, as much as I already knew that things were 30 minutes away for the most part, it really dawns on you when they're actually 30 minutes away all the time. Uh, so that, that was a big one for sure. Each way, um, each way, 30 minutes going and 30 minutes coming. Right. Exactly exactly uh, so that that was a that was a big one um, and really the I guess the engagement of a lot of the population here I didn't realize that people were so invested in the politics as it were, so that was kind of eye opening as well hmm. I, I, in my
2: mind, I'm just thinking of a million questions i you know I, I, I mean Hey, I'm going to pick up, move everything. I'm the only people I know in this town basically are my mom and dad, you know, of sorts. And we're going to pick up and move out there and then get married and buy a house or get my house and get married and, and make our new lives here. And we're going to be, I don't know, 8% of the population, 5% of the population that's in the 30s, right? And your peers in Dallas,
0: Fort Worth said?
1: <laughs> well, their first thing was, why would you move out? Um, and I said, I-, I can live here with my neighbor right on top of me and have the Whataburger down the street, which I dearly miss Whataburger. <laughs> a huge loss for me. But um, you don't get the same sense of, I don't know, it's just like a sense of peace here with the trees and I, I have a nice view and there's lakes that we can go swim in. You just don't have those things. And if you do, you paid a lot of money for it. And to come here was really not that much of a stretch for something that we were looking for. And we were looking for that piece.
2: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It, it's a peace and quiet thing. Mm-hmm. And I hear people also, you know, oh, I love the hustle and bustle of the city. You know, maybe this isn't for you. You know, yeah. this may not be because you got 30 minutes to good sushi and back, right?
1: Right. Exactly. And you can visit cities. It's not like you're locked here forever, but it's kind of like pick, pick what you're going to visit. Right. Before it was hustle and bustle all the time, visit the peace. Well, we flipped it and said, well, we want peace most of the time and we'll just visit the hustle bustle.
0: But an awful lot of people in your generation, Chris, have, have joined, have joined those ranks. I mean, there is a boatload of, of online information, including data. Of people in your generation that are making the same decision that you're making, and small towns all all over the country are even providing bounties to try to lure your demographic to their community. So there's something to this. And as an old guy here, speaking even for Dennis,
2: couple of old guys,
0: I, I, I super admire. I super admire, and I'm envious that at 33, you know that that. You, a, you've got the opportunity, and B, you had the wisdom and the foresight to make the decision that I don't know that I would have made at 33. So well, half uh,
2: off. And I do want I want to come back to the wisdom, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I thoroughly respect you for this, Chris. And there's a reason why you're on our podcast. We didn't just throw darts at the wall and go, "Oh, look, Chris Jones." You know. uh, <laughs> uh one of the things that goes through my mind, and, and I wanted to address this, this may be the elephant in the room, but we're gonna get over that. Anybody who thinks that that you're on the board because you're gonna do what your dad says and you're just his minion, they don't know you very well. And no. they certainly don't know your dad very well. I mean, that anyway, I've I've heard that rumble about and I'm like, that is just such absolute junk.
1: <laughs> anyway, Chris, comment. I mean, there's a huge reason why I don't work in the food and beverage industry <laughs> with my dad. And it's the fact that I just wouldn't be able to work with him. I just, we we would have difference of opinions on a lot of things all the time. Um, so working with family, not a big, not a big thing I want to do. Um, but yeah, I also, I, I am my own person. He doesn't need to tell me what to do. I I know what I feel is right. And I know what I feel is right for, you know, pushing forward uh in the village so i whether he's like with lucky or not it doesn't matter and
0: it's not like you've got any anybody's got unilateral power anyway right that's true well, i mean there's six of us right so there's that which which social media tends to forget i think Yeah,
2: everybody gets amnesia when it comes to that detail and, and i know that you're your own person i wish other people recognize that too and and randy's point is completely i mean you're one sixth of the vote. You're not the entire vote. That's, that's, that's insane to even think that it, but it's, I think you touched on it, Randy. It's one of those, when the Karens get together and decide that, you know, they've got an idea about how things are done and well, what's the most surprising thing. Let let me tell you, I've heard, I've had many people ask me, Hey, you, you're outspoken and you seem to know a lot about the village. Why aren't you on the board too? You know, which is, you know, code for it. You should be burned out too. And (laughs) right. Is that no? What, I, I, one of the things that I didn't want to put up with was, was the endless emails from people that were, I, I don't like the term lowly, uh, low in intel, no, intelligence, low education or uninformed. Uninformed. We'll go And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that at all. I mean, they are, there's a lot of uninformed people who say, well, our city ought to, we're not a city, you know, I mean, simple, basic, fundamental questions the emails that you and the board get, there's frustrations. There's,
1: I mean, did you expect that? Is that about where you thought it was or what? I mean, people do send emails. They're frustrated or they're off. They're always offering advice from what they believe is the right thing to do. Um, And I will say that one thing that does surprise me is there's not as many emails as people think. Really? Um, so maybe that's a, a kudos to this current board and maybe we are doing you know the right things and pushing the right directions but yeah. it's relatively not as bad as people made it out to be as I was running for candies.
0: <laughs> Funny how that works isn't it Right perception <laughs> and reality are two different things Well,
2: well and you know the people that told you how terrible it were was they weren't on the board at that time is that correct that is true. I'm just making an observation if I can. Um so challenges that you expected on the board challenges you didn't
1: expect? Uh I mean one of the biggest things that that people kept harping on was the fact that I have a job. How how could you be on the board? It's a 40 hour a week board position. How are you going to do that with a job? If it's a 40 hour a week board position, then those people need to be paid. They need to have titles. Like that's not what the board is for. The board is for advisory governance and really helping set the strategy forward. That's it. And I think the, the other fellow board members all also believe that. And that's why we don't spend 40 hours a week doing board activities because we don't need to.
0: Well, unless somebody was born in the village and they've never lived anywhere else, then I can promise you that every community that they came from had a city council and those people had jobs and many of them were like your father. They were entrepreneurs. They ran their own companies, which didn't mean they had 40 hour a week jobs. They had 60, 80 hour a week jobs. So that's how it, that's how it rolls. But the fact that, that you've made the investment to be there, I mean, this for me as an outsider who's clamoring to become an insider one day, and I'm super green with envy, uh, and and look at a 33-year-old guy who's made the move, who's got a fiancé that's a month away from marriage and starting his own family and has made the financial investment and the time investment to serve on the board. I, I can't get my head wrapped around the fact that, you've, you've got the future in mind
1: or you wouldn't be doing any of this. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think uh, I've, I've probably expressed that in certain board meetings as well, but for some people, they think of the future here as 10, 15 years, the future here for me is 50. So, you know, it's, it's a drastically different perception when People are saying, oh, we not we don't need all these roads. We don't need all these things. Why are you spending the money on roads? Wow. I would like the roads. I'm going to be using them for the next 50 years.
0: <laughs> I was a Jack. I was a Jack Welsh fan, Chris. And I had a good friend who was an upper exec at GE. And so years ago, and I was a client and years ago, Jack Welsh came to the Galleria and he held a really small thing. Herb Kelleher was alive and it was running Southwest airlines. And so I got an invite and there were maybe 20 of us that, that went to meet Jack and he, he talked to us and he said, S- Kelleher asked him about strategic planning. He said, and I already knew this cause I had read everything the man had ever said or written, you know, we're trying to see what the competition can do in the next 18 months to nail us to the wall. And then we're trying to figure out what we can do in the next 18 months to nail them to the wall. But he said i'll tell you really what we're doing he said you go to japan and if they if they want to build a high-speed rail and we want to build a high-speed rail we immediately in america think engine i mean how, how can we have and of course ge was big in the locomotive business at the time may still be um they've fallen on hard times but he said you know we're thinking about the engine the what engine would would propel a train 200 miles an hour he said you go to japan they're not thinking about the track. They're thinking about the bed that the track goes on. What kind of a bed, what kind of foundation would the track have to be on to carry people safely at two hundred miles an hour? You know, point being real long term thinking versus real short term thinking. Mm-hmm. Which I do think as a guy who's watched all the all the meetings, and I'm not I'm not saying that the other members don't, because you guys seem to be a group that basically is a is a kind of a cohesive and and work together well. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean everybody sees it the same way. In fact, better if you don't. Yeah. Serves everybody better for different perspectives and points of view. But that long-term thinking that that your demographic brings to the to the party is yeah, I I know is invaluable. Whether other people do that's their problem. I got my own perspective and I happen to be right about this. <laughs>
2: It's not your fault. You're right, Randy. It's not your fault. Really, yeah. it's not. Yeah. No, it, uh, and I've, if I could be fair, I've, I've seen that Japanese structure before, and it's not just in projects, it's in stock. You know, the, the Japanese are very critical of our stock market, justifiably so, because we're focused on the next quarter. They're focused on the next 20 years. And Chris, your point's extremely well taken. You know, and I, as a person, I, I think the the future funding task force may have needed to have comp you know put you into the mix more, because as somebody who's going to use the roads more, I think maybe you need to be paying more. is what I'm thinking for the POA dues. That that we, maybe we should raise your rate. You young kids should pay more because you're going to use the roads longer.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you run all the young kids out. Then what do you have? A, a lot of old people who scream at the Karens. No and <laughs> with no roads. With no roads.
0: Seriously, as a young guy, what do you what do you see as the future
1: inside the village? You know, that's a very good question. Um, I think the future is very undetermined at this point. It's it's very ambiguous, mainly because, one, you have somebody like myself that's that's trying to push forward for new things um, or, or different ways to approach things. You have, uh, folks like my dad that are trying to reinvigorate the, the restaurant community within here. Um, I think the trajectory that hot Springs village was on two, three, four, five five years ago, that path is completely diverted now. Um, and, and I honestly don't know where we're headed, but we'll describe I, what that I, path was. What was that path? I mean, I think it was just maintain, stabilize as cheap as you can, and just keep going. I think that's what the the plan was. Um, you can't do that forever. We we know that now. <laughs> we knew that then. We knew that 30 years ago. I mean, there comes to a point where you're just sinking money for no reason. There's no gain to it. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the... The new trajectory, like you said, more young people are moving here. There's different ideas. You have folks like with tattoos sitting at the beach that people are like, oh, I've never seen somebody like that before. Um, There's a, a new way of thinking entering the village. And I think that will help drive a new path that we've never been on before.
2: Well, being the old guy here again, me and Randy, uh, back in the late 1990s, probably 98, 99, I met a lady named Modine Spruill, who is still a realtor with Remax. She was working with Cooper at the front gate at the time. Really nice lady. And I asked, I said, you know, what's happening to the real estate market? And she said, now this is late 90s. She said, boy, we are having such a boom with all these golden parachutes. You know, people that are b- being paid to retire. Randy's got that wry grin. Yeah. Yeah. People well, I didn't being, get
0: one. Yeah, I didn't
2: either. <laughs> I think mine had a hole in it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't university. University. I, security.
0: Yeah, I think I just got thrown out of the plane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can fly, Randy. Try this, uh-huh. right? Yeah. No, the, the reason I bring that up is because we've had these gener- We've had these waves this is not a new thing. This is not uncommon. If, if you say this is new, you, you've never studied history before. You know, this, this new generation of a different group, and thank you, Jesus, literally, for good internet in great places. I mean, I've been very frank. Diane and I went, we have some lots over on Geronte, not far from where you are, Chris, and which is over on Lake Lago, the water supply lake. And we toured around, and I went by, and I went, oh, that's chris's house i didn't know at the time or whatever and i realized that was the area and i as i drove past i was like man they have a stunning view out kind of to the southeast i think if i'm not mistaken and i just thought and don't mean this wrong you know that view in dallas or if it was or in any major city would be a half million dollar view more than that really would do i that wouldn't touch more than that that wouldn't (laughs) touch it (laughs) really It'd be way more than that yeah I got to ask and in my mind. I'm trying to picture this, you know, you're in high school, mom and dad are driving through, they don't have seven or eight restaurants at the time or whatever, you know, and, and uh, he's still at Texas instruments at the time. Is that right? Yes, he was. And you're at high school. And don't get me wrong. I know how this works. You didn't just go, okay, I'm 31. And I think I'm going to move to the village. You were driving through as a kid going, man, this place is pretty. This is
1: quiet. I mean, tell me your impressions. I mean, that's exactly right. Uh, Like I mentioned before, it's just that sense of peace you get here. I think being surrounded by trees is something that I never experienced as a kid growing up in Dallas. It seems like anywhere there's something green in Dallas, they say, tear it down and build apartments. Um, So, it's a different experience to be able to come to a place that has the greenery and the nice natural amenities that you don't get to experience in other ways, Um, or if you do, you had to travel significantly further to get there. This was only a five-hour drive, that's very convenient for us, right? Uh, And my dad always liked to put it that, um, you know, it's the closest you can drive to get a view. And I think he was right. I mean, it was close. It looks, it's drastically different in comparison. Um, So, you know, my whole life, I've always been coming here and and thinking that same thing. And my fiance, Hannah, and I were sitting here last June and we were having a coffee out on mom and dad's patio, listening to the birds, you know, watching the sunrise. We were like, why don't we just move here? We both love it here. Why don't we just move here? And that, that was the kicker.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask what her input was, but you just answered it. So (laughs) yeah,
2: I was going to ask if that sounds familiar, Randy.
0: Yeah, exactly. The same thing. I I told Chris before we hit record, my first foray was to rent Dennis's place in 2018 and my wife, I, we'd never heard of the village. Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea. I was looking for a completely different change in topography and I wanted hills and I wanted trees and I wanted, I wanted what the village has got. Yep. You know, and I pull in, and I'm like, how how have I not heard about this place? And of course, I have since found out that about half of DFW is over there. You know, <laughs> or they come, or they come visit. So it is kind of the uh, it's it's kind of the the refuge for for people. You know, come on, we're we're adding what are we adding? We're adding two hundred people, two hundred people a week, two hundred people a day. I mean, some crazy number you know, Dallas Fort worth is expected to grow by another, another 1.5 million plus in the next decade. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the fastest growing Metro areas in the country, if not the fastest, you know, and we're at seven, we're, we're at 7.5 jettisoning to nine, you know, so yeah, I get it. I get it. The great resignation is if you Google that phrase, You you will see all kinds of online data about it because of the pandemic and Mm. people's ability like you, Chris, that now corporations have figured out, you know, butts in seats does not mean productivity Mm. and people can, they can live anywhere they want. As long as we get the work done, what do we care? And now your generation. So, yeah, I'm super envious of, of your generation because of the opportunity and your collective wisdom and I'm not judging people that choose to stay in a city. If that's what people want to do, I still don't personally understand anybody that would be in Silicon Valley, but to each his own. Right. So bang for the buck and quality of life and all that. But the fact that a 33 year old guy, 32 year old guy at the time, you know, can come to the conclusions you, you, you have. is pretty impressive. Just pretty
2: impressive. It's very impressive. And, and, you know, we talk about the, the remote worker thing, the people that don't or didn't, uh, adopt that. I call that the farmer mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy, you're not going to do a good job unless you're there at 8 AM and you check out at 4:59. And I don't know about you, Chris, but my phone rings after 4:59 every day. And Randy, I know yours does too. You know, that, that was the farmer mentality. You had to show up at this time and you had to leave at this time. And you, you didn't show up and sit at your desk and like a good boy, you weren't doing your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly how it is, right, Chris.
1: Right. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And you touched on it before about the internet. Um, if we didn't have some sort of quality internet around here, I would never be able to move here in the first place because I need that. Um, but from that angle, you're, you're exactly right. There's no longer the, it's it's called AIS, but uh, the A is a slang word for butt. So we'll say butt and seat. Um, that mentality has kind of gone by the wayside. Um, and what people are recognizing, and it, it really takes a, a sense of, self-restraint as well to stop the burnout because you could just sit here and work all day and burn yourself out. But uh, if you have the self-restraint to not do that, what employers are finding is that people are happier. They're more productive. You know, They're having meetings during lunch while they're just eating at their desk, but that's cool because then they get off at four o'clock and they're okay. Uh, They're finding that the mentality of, well, if you get your work done, then we don't care where, when, or how you do it. And it's not even the the work from home generation. It's the work from anywhere generation. I have people that are constantly on the road. They work out of, you know, they're sitting at a beach somewhere. Yeah, I got my laptop with me. I'll take these calls today. You know, it's it's a very internet connected generation that is exploding this new style of workforce.
2: Uh, The Wall Street Journal had an article this weekend about how the U.S., which they're not always positive on what we do, but the Wall Street Journal said that the uh, the U.S. business environment had literally nailed the COVID response. We were flexible. We pivoted. We shut down when we had to. We opened back up when we. And uh, you know, within within argument, you could you could say yes, yeah, some of that's right, and some of that's wrong. But the bottom line is, I think our world has changed forever. I don't think we'll see things like they were ever again. And and I I, I voiced this just outside on the back deck one day when we were talking about being in a big city. We're all going to get in expensive steel boxes at uh, seven thirty in the morning. We're all going to rush down crowded roads. And and Randy, let me check. So seven million, seven point five million people in Dallas, and we're going to add another one point five. But traffic's going to be great,
1: right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's already great.
1: Yeah, when you have the people that are you're, you're paying for the toll road, but you're sitting in traffic on the toll roads. So what are you actually paying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, pri- the privilege to sit on a toll road. Yeah, basically, how did,
0: how, how did your company's culture change, if any? During the pandemic, Chris?
1: Uh, they just went full remote. But since we're a software company, it's really not that different. We already had work from home days and, and things like that. So it really just became a, a complete pivot of we don't longer have to come to the office, but, you know, we, we need to make sure you get your work done. Uh, and they quickly realized that, hey, you know, nothing's really different here.
0: Well, in the savings to infrastructure, I mean, I can tell you in Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, commercial real estate is If, if it's not already suffering, it's going to, because that's a huge, huge expense. Where do you, how do you feel the current debate? And this may be an unfair question, so you can feel free to blow me off if you want, but you know, the current debate is well, if you live somewhere where the cost of living is cheap, then, you know, we shouldn't have to pay you the wages that we pay, you know, your cohorts who are, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out a way to survive in San Francisco.
1: I I think it's absolutely asinine to think that somebody should get paid less for a similar role anywhere. Um, Just because I chose to live in Arkansas where the cost of living is cheaper than Dallas doesn't mean I should get paid less than my colleague that still works in Dallas. It just doesn't make sense. I agree. We're
2: not going to pay you less. We're just going to pay them more.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will
0: tell you what we told your dad. You know, we're all capitalists here. (laughs) (laughs) unapologetically so so yeah i agree but it but it is a debate and it's one that i think is going to continue is going to continue to rage well and we do have i'm curious your perspective as a younger person and i want to be respectful of your time and not overstay our welcome here but i'm curious because of your age and because of the the big decisions that that you've made and the investment that you're making in your time and your money this leadership gap that, that we are suffering because we're baby boomers. Dennis and I are baby boomers. And as the baby boomers are, are exiting work. Well, not everybody is I'm not Dennis <laughs> isn't your dad, isn't, but largely as a generation we are And there and there's, there's this leadership gap mm-hmm. and everybody from Harvard to you name it to Stanford and anybody in between understands that's a real gap. It's a real gap at corporate level it's a real gap in in many areas you know the expertise the experience the maturity the insight is is rapidly going away and it's a it's an enormous gap that perhaps has never existed in history before as a young person coming up Mm -hmm. what's what's your perspective about all of those and and
1: so for one people are retiring much later than they used to. So that's already, you know, causing a little bit of strife. Um, You know, your generation is staying longer than the previous generation stayed for them. Uh, On top of that, I will say that there's, there's kind of this, I don't want to share what I know mentality. Um, I've experienced it from some senior leaders. And I think that's probably feeding into this overall problem as well is that, uh, the senior leadership from your generation is hesitant to share that knowledge with somebody, you know, underneath them, uh, to even do basic succession planning, because they're afraid. Once I do that, you're just going to fire me, or you're just going to somehow get me to exit some in some way, and I don't want to do that. Uh, so I think there's this kind of like, no, it's mine, and I'm going to hold on to it. And because of that, when they do end up leaving on their own terms, the person that needs to succeed to that role is less equipped than they should have been because they were never, I guess, graced with the sharing of the knowledge. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a huge gap that, that people need to understand exists. And we need to do better as a, as a corporate community and across the board of preparing the next wave uh, through succession planning.
0: How can, so, we, how can we close that gap? Any suggestions?
1: Good ask question. The, ask
0: the leadership coach I mean, in the room, who's constantly Harvard, <laughs> telling people not to do what you just said. By the way,
1: if Harvard can't figure it out, then how am I supposed to do it from sitting at my desk? Oh, I you have know, the answer I would, I, because I you and I both
0: know that we're boots on the ground is where we're going to solve these problems. Harvard ain't going to solve it. You know, Absolutely. sorry. I mean, you know, the the big. No financial fund that is harvard university is not going to solve the the billion
2: dollar multi-billion dollar endowment that's buying huge corporation pieces of land in california yeah that's educational or legacy
0: you know legacy legacy. is really the thing and i'm i'm the old guy who's desperately trying to pass on and pass forward and propel the next generation of course i'm biased i've got a 40-year-old son who owns a business a home inspection business here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So I'm, I'm very vested. Yep. He's substantially older than you are, but substantially younger than me. You know, why would I not want him? Why would I not want your generation, you know, to excel? I think the fascinating thing to me, and this pertains to the village is that exclusivity and the thought that by sharing that I give up something that I lose something when the reality is you gain so much more Correct. and so do they.
2: Well, there, there's a term for that. Let me think it's called uh, petty. Yeah, that's it. It's petty. <laughs> I'm mean, seriously, if, if I think, if I think if I am so petty to think that I'm diminished by sharing my knowledge with you, Chris, or with you, Randy, or with anyone younger, if I think that I'm going to be diminished, I must not have really much wealth or, or or value at all. If I can literally give it away in a few sentences, wow. You. Maybe I'm not bringing value to the table at all anyway.
0: No, but a lot of people do believe in the whole scarcity mindset, which Chris's generation is blessed to not be so cursed. You know, we grew up, Chris, in a zero-sum game,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? I win, that means you lose. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my only path to winning is you have to lose. And your generation didn't come up that way. Some of us who were taught that learned we're being lied to. Mm -hmm. We're just being lied to now I'm as competitive as they come, but who's the competition, well, I yeah, I want to best the competition, but besting the competition in business means I got to outperform, but mm-hmm. your generation understands that, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm trying to sabotage them or anything, but right. I mean, there is a truth to, you know, the tide rising and all the boats rise with it. And I think the same thing applies to the village as a person who's thinking about investing in the village and wanting to one day have a second home in the village. I got grandkids here, so I ain't leaving here, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that lightly. And I'm not going to think about doing that. If I feel like, you know, the wheels are going to come off and the whole place is going to implode, but I happen to be pretty optimistic that people will figure it out. Cooler heads will prevail. Even on social media, they will get out shouted, which is what we're hoping to do.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm very optimistic as well. And I think oh. that that plays well into, into this board. The board is very optimistic. Um, and maybe previous boards were more pessimistic. And that kind of led down different paths in itself. But we're, we're all very optimistic that we, we, can, we can solve this. We can right the ship. We can, we can solve it. And we're doing our damnedest to do that. Chris, what do you see?
2: What would you like to be? And, and this, Randy, this ties all this together. Chris, tell me ten years down the road, twenty down the road, what's your legacy in the village?
1: My legacy in the village, man, that's such a loaded thing to ask. <laughs> um, I really want to, and it it doesn't even have to be attributed to my name because I'm not. I, I don't care about that type of stuff. But I would really like to make an impact to where one we can. Create a better sense of accountability for where things go, but also by doing that and having a valid strategy or a a well thought out long term strategy to move us in a direction that we're no longer sinking money into just maintaining, but we're actually growing this place. We're making it better. Um, we're we're creating a, a you know I, I like to say a sense of community yeah, we all live kind of near each other and stuff, but the sense of community is just not quite there. And I would love to, to further embrace that and, and get that growing. And if those things you know, start to happen and we start to move this place into a more strategic direction towards growth, then I think I, I left my footprint and it doesn't have to be, yeah, that's what Chris said. Um, I, just, I just want this place to succeed and continue to flourish and grow.
0: All right, are we ready for our lightning, lightning round? You got something else we are, on your mind.
2: And by the way, I don't, I don't think that answer gets any better, Chris. That That's an exceptional answer. It, I'll, I'll tell you the story. The three guys building the building are laying bricks, and they asked the first guy what he's doing. He says, I'm laying these stinking bricks for 9 bucks an hour. They asked the second guy, what are you doing? He said, I'm making this wall as straight as I can. They asked the third guy, what are you doing? And with tears in his eyes, he said, I'm building a library for my grandchildren. What are we doing? Yeah. You know? Lightning round questions, please.
0: All right. This is fun. This is a fun thing, Chris. All right. Real quick hiking, boating, golf, or tennis? Boating. Hamburger or taco? Tacos. Beaches or woods?
1: Mm, 50 50. Mm.
0: Comedy or mystery? Comedy. Appetizer or dessert? Appetizer. And what is it? The appetizer of choice? Yeah. Southwest egg rolls. Mm. Oh, look at him. It does Dress or ca- There's a plain old boy. Dresser, or casual? <laughs> uh, casual. Reading, watching, or listening? Reading. Stripes or plaids?
1: Stripes. <laughs> Favorite movie? Ooh. Uh, I got to go with Thomas Crown Affair, Steve McQueen. Oh, there you go.
0: Oh, wow,
2: a classic. Wow.
0: Favorite musician
1: or band? Favorite musician or band. Um, so I'm really a huge fan of Dave Grohl, but I would say that my favorite band is actually Black Sound.
0: Man, going old school. Okay, what, <laughs> yeah, was, old soul. what
1: was the first concert you ever went to? First concert I ever went to, uh, it was this metal band out of Finland called Sonata Arctica. <laughs> and I snuck out of the house, went with my friends on a school night, and you were how old i was i was probably 15 16
0: and a finnish metal band
1: yeah they rocked it out they played over at the uh at the majestic in fort worth oh yeah there
0: you go there you go i like it i like it thanks for thanks for being with us dennis i'm gonna let you take us home
2: I tell you what. Thanks for being with us today, uh, Chris Jones, son of Mark Jones, but in his own right, his very Mark own. Right. Jones. Who's Mark Jones? Mark Jones. What did I say? What you I said. Say? Mark. No, I didn't say. I said Greg. Okay, no, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He was thinking Mark Jacobs. He's thinking about his new. <laughs> that's exactly.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, it's it's not a good episode unless I mess up, right? Randy? No, there's <laughs>
1: got to be a blooper.
2: We always have to include. <laughs> well, you episode. had your. Oh my God! This is the very first blooper we've had with you, Randy. Yeah, well, I kind
0: of thing? did it on purpose because I was, oh re- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I was messing mine up. I was messing mine up on purpose yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Anyway, Dennis Simpson, Mr. Randy Cantrell, Mr. Chris Jones and from the board. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you, Chris. I hope we can have you again someday and ask you about other contemporary pro- topics
0: for sure. Yeah, I we, need to have, we need to have you peck on those keys and the, that drum kit after you <laughs> get your skills back in shape.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell us when you've completed that, learn how to play the keyboard one, two, three thing again, and then, and then we'll call you drop my dolly in the dirt
1: or something. Okay. I'll play chopsticks for you. (laughs) Yeah. There you go.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of hot Springs village inside out a podcast where hot Springs village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com and tell a friend.